This is a little sneak preview. People are going to lose their minds at this one. I almost did uh, Metallica Mondays on the, the gram the other day. Oh. Yeah, the, what, I forget what day it was that I was going to do it. Um, anyway, you get it? <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah, I was yep. going to do it on the 21st. <laughs> really nailed that one. On the 21st. There you go. Brunch! Hit it, boys! Well, it's over. What's over? Daft Punk has broken up after 28 years. I uh, I like. I'll be honest with you. I wasn't totally sure if Daft Punk was still the uh, quote unquote active. Did you know how many members of Daft Punk there were? I sure did. Okay, so I da- think two. Four. Oh. Ooh. No, there's four. We really? Yeah. No, those are. They have two singers. Those are they're like uh they're like ABBA. That's like Agneta and Frida. Okay. There's a Benny and Bjorn there as well. I don't believe it. I think you're pulling my chain here. You serious? Yeah. Those are two guys that sing. Yeah, okay. They are. Mm-hmm. They're one of them is the like the legend of the Phoenix, and then one of them is the <laughs> Fuck you. And then That's one Pharrell. The... Pharrell? Yeah. He, did you're, he you're the worst. Song? You're the worst. Shut up. Well, you me... You're not getting me on this bit. Move on. <laughs> Doesn't sound like we me. Do, right. Let's um. Let's see. Da- uh, get lucky, Daft Punk. It is by Daft Punk. So one point for me. There you go. Congratulations. Genre, disco. Fun- you think it of uh, it as it's listed as having two genres? Yeah, that's that's where I mixed up. You're right. It has one, two, three, four. It has four songwriters, so this is looking... Do you and, want to back out at this? No, <laughs> I'm good. I, I just looked it up. It is a duo, but uh, one of the guys has like four names, so... That's right. Oh, that... Yeah. You could spin that. You, now's your chance to say, oh, I messed up. This guy just has a really long name. I thought it was three people. That's pretty much how I get into arguments. I'll, get, I'll <laughs> be locked in on a take or something, and somebody else will be locked in, and like we're both... You just not, both find ways to... We're both kind of right. Right. You just get so into a corner and like you move away from any sort of rational conversation. And then by the end of it, you're like... You're both just really exhausted. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you were talking about this. Oh, okay. I see your point. I got in a long, lengthy text argument with uh, one of my coworkers after the second period of the sports fans, after the second period of Bruins Flyers the other day. I said in a group text, okay, gang, time to play. How many of those Bruins goals could we have scored? <laughs> I said, I'm going with definitely Frederick's goal mm-hmm. and Pasternak's second goal. And then one of my coworkers was like, Pasternak's second goal was a bullet. I was like, it wasn't a bullet? What are you talking about? It was like, look, look how much it waffled. And then he was like, yeah, but it was still a really nice play that he made. And I was like, it was a nice play. It wasn't a nice goal. And then we just got so it was like a. I mean, it was a nice goal, but it was extremely lucky. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. very lucky. Like it just was. He just turned around, whipped it right in the general area, hit the crossbar post bar down. Right. So very lucky. He was making a lot of correct points that were like, "You got to hit a certain spot for that to go in," and I'm like, "Sure," oh, but you're typically playing against a goalie, <laughs> and a goalie should be able to stop that anyway. 
we got into this like super long thing and by the end of it i think we were both so pumped to find something that the other said that was correct so we could say oh i agree this is the part that i agree with we both agree now let's talk about anything else and uh i was like no anyway uh Two members of Daft Punk, confirmed. Label was Daft Life in Columbia. Nile Rodgers got a songwriting credit on Get Lucky. Who? Nile Rodgers. He's the uh, guitarist. He he is known for plugging not into an amp, but he just plugs his guitar directly into the board. So, like, if we're recording this podcast right now, Mm -hmm. the thing that we're recording, he would just plug his guitar right in there. That's so a wild move. You're not getting any reverb. You're not getting much EQ. You're just getting straight electronics. Raw dog. It's a it. very, it's it's a very very clean sound. He was a member of Chic. I couldn't think of the the name of the band. Anyway, Daft Punk consists of four members. <laughs> Fuck you, Kanye West. <laughs> The two guys from yes, Daft Punk. Every every person that uh, Daft Punk has ever collaborated with is a member of da- of Daft Punk. I did listen to Get Lucky today, and speaking of Pharrell, that's an imp- impressive song because that first verse is just like very who cares mailed in, and for a for uh, the group's an electronic group, right? Daft yeah. Punk, like yeah. electronic, like Duo. production based. Uh, band. Yep. Collective. They're like Odd Future. Yeah. Tons of people. <laughs> Wu-Tang. Co- coming in and out. That's right. Um, yeah, for... L- listen to the first verse of Get Lucky. You're gonna be like, wow. They were like, let's print this one. They weren't like, hey, let's just let's do another pass of it. I honestly think that that... And this is credit to that song. They're like, this song is going to have a very, very, very catchy chorus. Who cares about anything else? And I think they devoted all their time to making a wonderful sounding chorus, and that was it. But Daft Punk, for as much as I clearly know about them, I've never... Like, I would go to a Daft Punk concert. I'd be very excited, especially now it's a reunion show. That's true. Uh, I just, like, didn't... I never got excited about Daft Punk. I mean, like, I got excited about it because I know that they have hits. And I know that, like, they don't do a whole lot of stuff. So when they do, it's an event. Yeah. Like, they only had... They were around for what? Like, over 20-something years? And they only had four studio albums. That's right. So, let me, I'm trying to find... Maybe that's it. what you're thinking of. There's not four members, but they have four albums. Yes. Random Access Memories was... Did that win Album of the Year? I think it may have. Uh, yeah, one album of the year. What year was that? Twenty fourteen. I remember. I remember Random Access Memories, which was the song that had Get Lucky winning album of the year, mm-hmm. and I was so annoyed. Let's see what the other uh, the the other song that I remember from that is Lose Yourself to Dance, and that song is just like super repetitive. Yeah, I mean, I I, I like like Get Lucky, great song. Uh, harder, better, faster, stronger. Uh, then yesterday, great song. Uh, the baby, one more time, uh, classic. So my my dopey ass friends have, are on a big sandstorm kick. Yeah, and I that's like a meme. D- really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Like a sandstorm is in right now. Yeah, people are like sandstorm. Oh, really? To meme it, yeah. Oh God, 
well then I'm missing the joke or something. But anyway, I hate it. Every playlist I do or something, they're like, "You're not gonna put Sandstorm." Like, give the people what they want. And I'm like, "Yeah, they're <laughs> they're memeing you." Okay, well, whatever. Uh, when Daft Punk retired, I threw it out to the group. I was like, uh, "It's a good opportunity." One to more put time, Sandstorm. No, you one more been time, like, better than she, Sandstorm. And no, they were you like, should have no. been like, "You're gonna be like in honor of Daft, Daft Punk putting on their greatest hit, Sandstorm, onto oh, the playlist this week." Okay, 2014 album of the year nominees. Random Access Memories, The Blessed Unrest by Sarah Bareilles. Oh, I can only imagine where you're going. Good Kid, Mad City, Kendrick Lamar. So that's why you're mad. Red, Taylor Swift, The Heist, Macklemore, and Ryan Lewis. Thank God. So, in the spirit of honesty... Let's throw one right in the trash immediately. And growth... Red by Taylor Swift in the trash. I thought The Heist... By Macklemore and Ryan Lewis no, should have won. No way. <laughs> yes. I disagree with that in hindsight. And people were, I mean, and at the time, this wasn't like a, I got caught up in the Macklemore mania, which was definitely a thing. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and I liked the heist. No, uh, people were, when I was like, I would give this award to the heist. I think that Good Kid Mad City is a better album. Like, I, I thought that Good Kid Mad City was the best album, but I thought. The the heist just was this. It was very accessible, like very massive, enjoyable, huge yeah. thing. And also, I know that he ended up getting uh, blowback for it, but same love was like a very positive moment for yeah. America. That hip hop, which obviously, like anything else, unfortunately, has a long history of homophobia mm-hmm. that there was like this gay hip hop anthem. Anyway, maybe I was, and now that I say, maybe I was a little caught up in the Macklemore. It sounds like you were mania, but <laughs> the name of this episode, Macklemore mania. Macklemore was robbed of the 2012. Right. Kendrick, yeah. did Kendrick send a text apology <laughs> to Mac? You, you know about that, right? That Macklemore apologized to Kendrick. Macklemore won best rap album that year yeah which i was that's where i was like i I had weird takes that year i remember i was like kendrick should win best rap album uh macklemore should win i mean i think that that's like i mean it's easy to say now like in retrospect i think that's kind of a fair take where it's like it's kendrick is like rooted in hip-hop and macklemore is a bit more accessible and like kind of poppy exactly like kendrick made a better album but for i don't know i always i also my feel for the Grammys, back when I really cared about it, was different every year. Like there would be certain years where I was like, "No, this is the best album. This is a work of art. This has to win." For example, "To Pimp a Butterfly." Mm-hmm. I think that there, are, uh, let's a lot of the 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 voters, the Academy or whatever, may not have been huge Kendrick Lamar fans. They're probably thinking more 1989, and I disagreed with that. But I was like, "No." Tipping Butterfly is just so much better than everything else. It should win. Other years, like this year, or like that year, 2014, I was like, this was the Macklemore year. Like, how does Macklemore not win album of the year? Even over Sarah Bareilles, who put out an album that very, very strongly inspired 1989. I will go to my grave thinking that. Anyway... That was a really strong year for Album of the Year candidates. Blessed Unrest, Good Kid, Mad City, Red, 
the heist. Like, Red very easily could have won. I thought that Red was going to win. I'm not a big Red guy. I don't know if you know this. That's crazy to me. That's, That's nuts. I think that I, for a long time, said my favorite Taylor Swift album was Red. Because I liked that it was the... It was the big sort of crossover into, okay, I'm a Max Martin person now. Like, this is what my songs are. It's, they're going to be, they're going to be better songs, basically. And I was really excited about that. And now, honestly, I think my favorite Taylor Swift album, you know what? Folklore. Of course. A plus (laughs) album. Nah, you know what my favorite Taylor Swift album is? Evermore. Yes, tied. <laughs> you know what my favorite Taylor Swift album is? 1989. No. Uh, Fearless. No. Speak Now. It would be great if, like, around the time of 1989, Reputation, I'm like, yeah, my favorite Taylor Swift album is Red. Then more albums come out, and I'm like, new favorite, Fearless. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Speak now. I mean, I think fear, I think you could say like Fearless now because like the recent stuff would inspire you to go back and listen to Fearless and be like, yeah. I think this is my favorite. Yeah, just like, hey, let me hear round one of this stuff. <laughs> yeah, which, oh God, my eyes rolled clean. Are you guys dedicated? I mean, not dedicated. Uh, Reputation. Yes. You think that's your favorite Taylor Swift album? Yeah, it might not be the best. There's a good chance it's not the best, but I. That's fair. Really appreciated. I think you might be skewed, skewed a little. Uh, yeah, that's fair. And I think you might be skewed a little bit because of the the reputation tour. Reputation tour. Reputation was, tour was the party of a lifetime. That was, I experienced it three times. I was going to say, think of the regrets in your life and <laughs> how high is not going to reputation tour more times. I went three times. I went twice. Would be, but imagine if we thought. More about it, <laughs> right? And just if we had the groupie foresight, reputation groupies, yeah, that'd be awesome. But road dogs, the I mean, reputation tour in Atlanta was just so great because it was in brand new stadium, mm-hmm. and that would I don't know about you, that's definitely the most I have spent on concert tickets because we did field, we did like very close field. Yeah, I don't remember what it came to, but. They were, that was, um, we bought them on like a tax-free day. So, and maybe Ticketmaster was doing like a waiving ticket fees or something. We basically did the thing where we just talk ourselves into, it it makes financial sense (laughs) to buy these tickets now. Flights were cheap. Um, I mean, the the tickets were probably so stupid, like $350. Jesus, worth it. Like, couldn't swing it, but... That was a YOLO, very, very fun time. And I don't know, like, would you do field, super close up, super expensive concert tickets again? Yes. I think I would too. I did them for Fleetwood Mac. It would have to be the right show. Like a show like that right. where it's like, it's a spectacle, yeah. I would pay for to be up close. And you, when you do that, you've got to... Do it, at least in my brain, rationalize it as, like, legitimately a vacation. Yep. And. Yeah, like, honestly, like. I think I, for a vacation. There's I, no beating yeah, that. Right. I think we did it right, where it's like, let's make a fucking weekend out of it. Let's make it a party. Let's yeah. go somewhere new. 
rather than like spending three hundred fifty dollars to go to fucking Gillette Stadium. Oh yeah, that's such a good call, right? Because if you're paying one fifty, let's say, for tickets at Gillette or whatever your home venue may be, to get there, if you don't live super close, I mean, someone's paying for parking. You're throwing in all this stuff, and you're tailgating, which tailgating. I don't know if you like you prepare for a tailgate. That can be kind of expensive. It can be. Mercedes Benz Stadium, famously cheap, cheap concessions. Very, very cheap concessions. So much so that Randy, as a heads up to us, was like, hey, because we were like, hey, let's do one more beer at this bar and then go in there. And he was like, well, if you want to save money, we can just go to the venue first, which. That makes no sense hearing that coming from no. where we live. And that was all. I mean, then, then we were doing like $5 beers and, all night. And, I bet, I bet and it was cheaper to, to the overall probably, experience. Probably. And like with that, uh, we got to catch the full opening acts because we were there early to That's save right. money drinking. And I enjoyed the opening acts a lot. Charlie XEX. Charlie uh, XEX. And uh, Camila Camille Cabello. Cabello. Yes. That was great. Although. I had I took a t- gigantic exception to ca- to Camilla Cabello wearing a uh, custom so, Falcons jersey because I remember the same she thing. She wore a custom Patriots jersey and then later she wore a custom Vikings jersey. That's right. It was it's very shameless. I don't like it. Pandering, pandering. That's right. I remember I was like where did the where was your third Minnesota? Uh, yeah, I remember you were in Minnesota for a weekend and you were like Taylor's in town. I think I can swing it. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> did. It was great. That's awesome. Um, so, Daft Punk consists of, <laughs> as we all know, Ryan Lewis, Macklemore, Taylor Swift, and Kendrick Lamar. Kendrick Lamar. Although, heavily inspired by Sarah Burrells. <laughs> heavily inspired by Sarah Burrells. Um Yeah, like I didn't fully get your temperature on Daft Punk. You seem like the same as me. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I I like them. I enjoyed some of their work, but like when when it was announced that they broke up, it was more of like a huh than a no. Yeah, it just it just means we don't get one big huge hit every like five years or (laughs) something like that. Yeah, yeah, probably even more than that. So uh, I I dabbled into prompt twitter kind of intentionally i said like daft punk is my ultimate i don't love this as much as everyone else but i'm extremely happy for everyone band who is that artist for you Hmm. answer and you might get a retweet that's what we should start to we should start doing prompt twitter but then like explain prompt twitter after like the goal here quote tweet this send it around you know what why do people quote if you notice this on prompt twitter people will quote tweet the prompt with their answer and then put the prompt below yeah and then someone will quote tweet that and it's yeah. a russian doll yeah so that you don't so that like you don't have to keep clicking through each quote tweet to get to the original prompt but that probably leads a lot of people to keep clicking through to see how deep the rap to see if it goes all the way to the top perhaps try to trace this thing yeah <laughs> just follow the uh follow the lead or... yeah who are your uh, who are your daft punks um i've got a few of them the first one that came to mind was uh grateful dead like grateful dead 
People fucking love them, yeah. and, and people get so excited for them. I'm happy for them. I, I, and I know that I might like Grateful Dead because John Mayer loves Grateful Dead. I, I can't. I, I can't do it. I don't, I don't understand. So I can guarantee you one thing. The next time Dead & Co. are in town, not only are you going, you're going with me. Hell yeah. We're both going to that because my parents got me uh, – they got me Sirius XM for Christmas one year because the they always have the Beatles channel on in their car. And it's great. And I must have commented on it a couple times. Like, wow, this is – the stuff they pull out on this is awesome. Like, it's for – the the average Beatles fan will be into it, but like the real crazy, like I want to know mm. everything person is also getting their fix. So I was like, this is probably the best radio station I've ever heard. It's a it, terrible gift, by the way. Sirius well, XM subscription. So that that does sound it's, like just kind of like a shitty gift. No, to no, no it, it sounds like a it sounds like a nice thing, but like, are your parents still paying for it? Because like, if you love that. You got to take over the subscription. So that was after one year. They were like, okay, it's time to have the talk. Do you like your Sirius XM subscription? And I was like, yes. And they're like, you're Do you listening. want us to get it? Yeah. I get it for you again? Yeah. So I was like, absolutely. Sure. Okay. Do it. I, I mean, mean it's gr- I guess it's a great gift if you're giving it because then if the person likes it, yeah. then you're locked into that gift and you just get to keep re-gifting it over and over again. Yeah. When I signed up for Robin Hood, they gave me one stonk, uh, one complimentary stonk of Sirius XM. And then did they sell it for you? No, they... I still don't get it. <laughs> me neither, I, I just man. don't get Robin Hood at all. I don't get stonks. The only thing I know is that I did buy a little bit of uh, Dogecoin. Oh, no. On the, first, on the first day, though, so it's... It went way up, and then it's dropped, and then it went up, and when it started, like, I'm still up a little bit. Are you holding? I'm holding, yeah. Okay, good for Uh, you. But uh, Shane, also Dogecoin guy. Dogecoin holder? Yes, Dogecoin. And he he posted something on Instagram joking about, like, hey, should I buy this with my Dogecoin cash out? I was like, if this is serious, we're done. (laughs) Got to hold for dear life. But, um, yeah, the only guy, I I just can't be bothered with that. Unless we continue to Robin Hood ads and everything. In which case, like, people who want to do it, for sure. Happy to facilitate. Right. And we'll, right. Right. We'll, we'll be the middleman. And Uh, if you want to explain to us, maybe the, maybe the copy can fill in the blanks that you still have. Uh, we'll get back to the Grateful Dead. How so? Oh. So I don't listen to the Beatles channel at all. I saw the first day I used it that there was a Grateful Dead channel, and I was like, "I'm gonna I'm gonna use this gift to become a deadhead." That that'd be the funniest. Did it work? Development. I don't listen to it a ton. If I had it on constantly, I'd be all the way in. But I'm at least now a surface level okay. dead understander. Like I listen to... again. Like I think that I would. I think that I could. I could do it. I think yeah. I could be that guy. I just, I don't get it. I think one day maybe. I think I, you have to have like an experience, right? I was gonna say blaze up a pot and yeah. put on um, Europe seventy two, and you'll. There's no way you'll listen to it and be like, I don't like this. You might be like, still don't really this get is it. Fine yeah. for me, but there are some. I can make you a short playlist that you're like. It would help. These songs are definitely good. You, I mean, you know, um, you know, Touch of Grey. 
which is like one of their later songs. You know that one. I will get by. Sure. All right. Quick little break. I'm just going to quickly play this for Pete, and he's going to know what I'm talking about. DMCA free. Yeah, I don't. I I, uh, I don't know the Grateful Dead. Wow, I guess. does not know fucking Touch of Grey. Do you? But you've. I didn't dislike it. I could get there. It's just. Uh, it's not. Not something that I know right now. I guess. Do you Which, know what else Touch of Grey is? Just for Men. Yes, named after I believe named Time Crisis did a long thing. I think on. I forget what their verdict was, but they were trying to find out like what came first, Grateful Dead, Touch of Grey, or Just for Men, Touch of Grey, and if the Dead song came first, like was Just for Men trying to target Deadheads? <laughs> but anyway, uh, yeah, I'm I'm definitely not a Deadhead, and but I like when I listen to them and. I like their vibe, and I definitely would want to go to... I know it's not really the Grateful Dead, but I would definitely go to a Dead & Co. show because, I mean, John Mayer's there. At yeah. the very least, you're going to enjoy that. Felger's a deadhead, and okay. he goes to those shows, and I remember him saying, they're like, yeah, John Mayer's... Like, after seeing that, yeah, yeah, John... I'll, I'll seal, give, of, like, seal of Felger yeah, approval. I'll, wouldn't I'll wouldn't give, trade him for Sidney Crosby. <laughs> No, Fel. I think what was Felger? Yeah, it was. Maz, I don't know. Yeah, I don't it. know if Felger was trade Pasternak for. No, he wasn't. Sidney Crosby, but uh, anyway, yeah, Grateful Dead is a good Daft Punk to have. I mean, mine's mine's Daft Punk. <laughs> yeah, that's all you got. Yeah, no, I have a few th- other ones. I, I I got I fielded some muds on Twitter. Uh, got Taylor Swift. Which I think Taylor Swift and Beyonce might be in different categories because Taylor Swift and Beyonce, part of it is how daunting the fan base is and just how crazy all of the hoopla is with that. Like you would say that about um, like One Direction. Well, on my list, BTS. Okay, right. On my list. Like, happy that people fucking love them, but, yeah. like, I, I don't get, like, the fervor. Right, and I think that's kind of unfair because I've been that way with Bruce Springsteen where I just consider myself not really a Bruce Springsteen fan because, oh, I know you're not what a the Bruce biggest Springsteen, Springsteen right, fan. Right, I, I know what a Bruce Springsteen fan is. I see yeah. how they live their life yeah, that's fair. talking only about Bruce Springsteen, and I think... Swifties are like that. Beyonce fans are like that. That you so you can like say, you don't want to feel like somebody's gonna test you if you say that you're a Bruce Springsteen fan, right? And I think that's that's unfair. Like I, I think that everybody should be a Taylor Swift fan. Everybody should be a Beyonce fan. I don't know. I'm still. I spend too much time <laughs> wondering, like, but everyone appreciates Beyonce, right? Like you can say. Oh yeah, she's not my favorite. Oh, I don't. I don't really like like I all don't of her songs. Think that like, everybody appreciates Beyonce. I'm like, but you get that she that 
just she's like one of a kind, right? And then someone's like, "Oh no, I disagree." I'm like, "Oh, Adele's see? a better singer." Oh my god, <laughs> nothing will make me angrier. Uh, Billie Eilish was an answer. Yeah, like, yeah, I would, I would put myself in that category. Like uh, Ellen fucking loves Billie Eilish, ooh. and she like tries. She's like, "How don't you like love Billie Eilish?" And I'm like. It took me a oh. while with Billie Eilish, but I mean, I am I got to talk to Ellen because I'm I've been bumping the new Billie Eilish song like crazy. Do you know? Uh, Therefore, I am Mm-mm. came out like I don't know, like two years ago or something. <laughs> okay, so the new one, yeah, yeah. I mean, I I'm a within the last week guy with okay. that song, and I like Ocean Eyes. Yeah, she her. I was gonna say bad guy's good. Yeah, I was gonna say she and Phineas don't get enough credit, but I think they do. I think Phineas won like producer of the year and she won like album of the year or something. Like they, they definitely get uh, enough credit, but there's, I'm very charmed by them. They make simple songs that obviously sound very unique. They're very big into low energy. Mm -hmm. Like they, they intentionally, I, I think that Phineas, probably cuts her off if she like really starts to sing a song and is like hey no scale it back a little bit yeah. this isn't our brand you're gonna you're gonna barely talk it but you're gonna do it in tune and you're gonna talk in harmony with that i don't know i'm i'm, I'm very uh impressed by billy eilish and uh phineas uh lcd sound system was a common answer and honestly I have to agree with that because I'm not the biggest LCD sound system fan, but I like them. And when we saw them, we had a lot of fun. I'll tell you, uh, the closest I've ever come to being on hard drugs is experiencing LCD sound system live. (laughs) While I wasn't sober, but I was like, I I had a few beers. Yeah. (laughs) But I will tell you, the party going on inside my body when I was hearing uh, All Uh, My my Friends. friends. Yes. God. That was one of the best concert experiences I've ever had. Big agree there. Um, my morning jacket or Wilco? Somebody said, "That's another one." I think I briefly got into Wilco and like I got like I got it. Yeah, I, I like Wilco and I get it, but I also don't listen to I don't listen to all their albums and everything. So I think Wilco fans could be like Wilco fans are like Wilco fans, right? And they study Wilco, right? So. And it's not like the Springsteen thing or the Taylor Swift thing where they're like, "This is your life," right? They're just like, "Look, man." He's the we greatest people the on music. earth. Yeah. yeah, that's all. Just wear jean jackets. Dave Matthews Band said somebody, super fun concerts to go to, but I'd never just put on DMB to listen to around the house. Gotta disagree with him because I loaded up DMB on a playlist recently. I'm not a Dave Matthews Band fan, but I uh, put a lot of crazy. Yeah, I'm not I'm not like one of those party bus Dave Matthew, Matthews Band never fans. Been. I'm pretty sure Dave Matthews Band fans keep party buses, the party bus business, in business. Totally, totally. Um, Have you ever? Been, yeah, you've never been to a DMB show. Uh, no, no, I have yeah, not. Never been. Um, every, literally, everybody in my high school had been though. Um, Metallica is one for me. Interesting. I almost did. This is a little sneak preview. People are going to lose their minds. At this one. I almost did uh, Metallica Mondays on the the Gram the other day oh yeah the what i forgot what day it was that i was gonna do it um anyway get it <laughs> yeah yep yeah i was yep. gonna good joke do it on the <laughs> really nailed that one on the 21st there you go um yeah i was gonna do uh I, I think i still might but uh yeah i was gonna do uh a metallica song anyway um 
I've tried. I mean, you. It's not my style, I guess. We were when they were at Austin City Limits. I was like trying to get you away from that because they are they're just old and sloppy and like they are really bad now. And as a like, I wanted to protect me. I am a longtime Metallica fan. I was like, I can like I don't want to see this. I want to act like this is not happening, and I certainly don't want you all impressionable and uh let's see like, what this well, is like, all about happy go lucky yeah <laughs> like oh let's metallica they're a popular band i'd love to check them out and then be like well that was me checking out metallica they sounded like puddle of mud legitimately uh well they they do musical gigs for the nhl now so i i realize that they're uh they're yeah. not as as big as they once were they were i mean they still can sell out anything though like because every year there was i think that the the musical uh wayne gretzky would have would lead would be the all-time nhl points leader if he never scored a goal mm-hmm. is i th- i forget however many years like the black album went plat just i don't know if it does anymore because i don't know if anything goes platinum anymore but for as long as people were buying music the black album from 1991 we just go at least one time platinum every year because every year there was some kid in middle school who was told about Metallica or heard Enter Sandman and they were like, all right, I'm going to go get the Black Album. Like they are, they are always getting new fans, kids who hear Metallica and are like, holy shit, I need all this. And I was like that and I feel like it probably still happens. The unfortunate part is though, then they get caught up to speed with what they are now and they're just terrible i i got caught up to speed where i only had to hear like one really bad album and i was like so i heard all the good stuff <laughs> but bye metallica is a good answer though for that but they did they they were a, a great band someone said post malone i honestly think i agree with all these because like i think post malone's fine but i don't go crazy for him yeah well yeah i mean i don't know yeah i i i like post malone i think post malone's like talented but like I've listened to Post Malone albums and been like, I could do without most of this. You want to see the ballsiest answer it got? Oh, God. I cannot. And I responded, unreal bravery to say this on Twitter. Go on. Someone said Phoebe Bridgers. Okay. Yeah. I was like, wow, some kids are going to kill you. Possibly Phoebe Bridgers. Right, yeah. right. <laughs> uh, I think that's person. a good answer, though, because like there are a lot, like the, her type of music. Yeah, just probably doesn't appeal to pe- some people. Yeah, it doesn't do it for think, everybody. Yeah, and I'll, I'll be honest, like I, I think that Phoebe Bridgers, like I, I'm definitely a Phoebe Bridgers fan, and she sings a couple of my favorite songs of the last however many years, but I don't think like like her first album i didn't love as much as everybody else like i don't i don't listen through a phoebe bridgers album other than the most recent one she only has two i guess but uh like i don't listen through what everybody was saying like oh this is fucking great and be like i love all these songs a lot of it is like this is good but i can take your leave some of it man i don't know how it took us long this long to mention it but like the national the national is, is like the standard answer for the both of us. Yeah, but also I can't tell if I'm happy for everyone, right? Like it's the combination of, look, I don't get this as much as you, but I'm really happy for you. Yeah, but I'm a I, little. I, I like, don't. I don't believe you. <laughs> 
I, I would not throw them in like the uh, in the Queen's Gambit category where like their fans are annoying and I hate them. Yeah. They are pretty polite. Where they're like, That's you true. should check it out. You should you should really give them a chance. They are a bit re- like politely religious about it. Yes. Like, hey, I'd uh, I'd love for you to just uh, check it out. And yeah. If it's like I really want you. To, to I really want you. Right I really want you to be on this ride with me. Yeah. Uh, my boss is like that. My boss. I just had an arrangement with my boss like last week. Uh, where he, he was like, please check out the national. I was like, you check out. Carly Rae Jepsen, because he'd never heard anything after Call Me Maybe. So I was like, check out Carly Rae Jepsen. I will check out The National. He listened to Carly Rae Jepsen. He was like, all right, I'm, I'm, I kind of hate how, how hooked I am on like emotion. And he was like, you listen to The National? I was like, nope. <laughs> so I have to do it. I have to do it at some point. We, uh, we've never spoken like this, but this is the first time where I think, like, I'm willing to say this. That, so he's never. Listened to Carly Rae Jepsen other than Call Me Maybe. Mm-hmm. I think he has to have his man card revoked. <laughs> because if there's one thing we know about dudes. They love Carly Rae Jepsen. They all listen to Carly Rae Jepsen. And he Jepsen. falls in like the age range too. Like mid-20s to like mid-30s. Oh, really? All those dudes in that demographic are listening to Carly Rae Jepsen. And that's all they want to talk about. Every now and then someone will tell a story of like... You know that meme? Like... Guys only want one thing, and it's fucking disgusting. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's Carly Rae Jepsen. It's, Car- Carly it's Rae emotion. Jepsen. Every now and then, a friend will bring up, like, yeah, like, I had to drag my girlfriend or whatever, wife, whatever, to a Carly Rae Jepsen concert. And I just, like, a lot of people did, I bet. Just dudes. They uh, want one thing. One of my favorite stories is uh, when I went to that Carly Rae Jepsen show at the House of Blues, like, a year or two ago. Uh, I drove in with Ellen because Ellen was also going to an event in that area, and she was going to the Boston Red Sox game. Say, this was an event she wanted to attend. Though. <laughs> she was going to the Boston Red Sox game that night, and I was across the street at the Carly Rae Jepsen show. Uh, take that, gender norms. There we go. Although honestly, like for as long as Carly Rae Jepsen has existed, I don't know if like there is a gender norm thing in play there because I yeah, don't know if there's there is, any proof because it's of guys. anything yeah. other than dudes. If you had been at that show, you would have noticed 99% dudes weren't even selling women's merch. That's <laughs> it's incredible. That's nuts to me. I'm trying to think if I've ever been to a show where they didn't sell well i guess like uh, they sell a lot of unisex mm-hmm. stuff and yeah uh, i mean like i guess like you could guys t-shirts are basically yeah. unisex I've, i remember i remember one of the first cerebrales shows i went to they did not have men's shirts and i was uh i wasn't like stomping my feet or anything but i was like knocking shit over <laughs> <laughs> i was like i mean that was you were going to make so much money. But, you know, so, uh, th- yeah, those are, I'm trying to think. Uh, yeah, the National is probably the ultimate one. Um, okay, so uh, rest in peace, Daft Punk. All four of you. All, all, all four of them. We, uh, we did a movie. We did do a movie. We should, a uh, little, little show notice here. Oh yeah, we uh we're working on something yeah. that uh we're gonna make a a commercial. Yeah, we're making the commercial. So I I, th- I think we talked about we're making the commercial. There's only one line of it written. It's the famous. I was oh, I was just watching a great movie the other day. 
Let me guess. It had Michael Stuhlbarg. Ha 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 It's the only part of the commercial we have written, but we're going to work on the rest of the commercial. Don't know how to make commercials. So this is, we're going to be way smarter by this time next week. And the commercial is going to uh, feature some information as well. Yes. Uh, a big podcast development. So stay tuned for that. That's all you get for right now. Yeah. I may have tipped uh, on a Twitch. I at least tipped my hand a little bit about uh, one of the podcast developments. We have multiple developments coming. Things in the works. I focus, shot, I focus grouped a uh, thing, uh, uh, the development about we're going to ramp up the streaming uh, a little bit. We're figuring out exactly how we're going to do it, but like we do have some stuff uh, planned, like ready to roll out. A lot of it is... Is this funny thing we're going to do worth what it would cost us financially, et cetera, et cetera? Getting through some of those. But uh, we hope soon we're going to be able to, I mean, at least at least once, but we try to get on some sort of schedule of it, uh, have a show that we put on for you. And I know, I know that we discussed um, doing like a, a morning buzz themed show or something with like games and elements and things like that. This is probably going to be some combination of, of all that. But we, we had a meeting last week, talk about it. We were laughing our heads up off coming up with stuff. So stay tuned. We have, we're going to have news and we're going to yeah. have content. Yeah. So I'm you, quite excited about it. Right. Very exciting. Uh, also a quick development before we get to the movie. Uh, they're going to start opening movie theaters at 25% in New York, and I don't care about that at all. I want movie theaters to make money. I want people to be safe, and I hope that people are vaccinated and everyone's going to be safe, that people can go to movies, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, my main concern is, and I guess this should have been something earlier because now it's kind of too late to do this, but why haven't movie theaters just kept their concession stands open? Um, I heard in Canada that some of like whatever Cineplex or whatever. Yeah, yeah. It, someone that, told me that. That they are doing that. Like they're Uber Eats or whatever. You, what, would you, what would you pay to have AMC Chicken Tenders delivered to you on a Friday morning while you watch a $20 on-demand movie for $20? I think the, the best course of action, I guess if I was going to do just the Chicken Tenders, like 12 bucks is that i how much are they normally probably like eight bucks okay that's not bad in my head i was i had them at like 13 but if you if they're like if they're 12 dollars on uber eats or something or like the delivery is going to be like 18 dollars so i guess i would pay 18 dollars have you ever done uber eats yes i did it last night actually really yeah Whoa, look at this mm-hmm. living a got me a, a popeye's spicy chicken life. sandwich last night about... oh really yeah you were the last to try it right Yes. Yeah. I've eaten it quite a bit. But I was going to say, then. I mean, you're a satisfied customer. Yeah. Back. Yeah. Wow. I mean, I, I think I ultimately agreed that it's like, it probably wasn't worth the hype of like waiting yeah. in line for four days for it. But I, it was a really good chicken sandwich and that's up my alley. Yeah. Ooh, maybe I'll do a chicken sandwich at some point. Well, if you leave here, there's a Popeye's right down the street. Is there really? Yes. That's where I, yeah. That's why I keep going there. It's like r- literally right down the street. I'm going to pull a uh, Domino's prank on you. Please do. And so I, I don't... I'm, I, I will I say, don't though, know what... 
how it's dis- funny. Disappointed by the uh, the Popeyes uh, French fries, the Cajun fries. Too, a little too soggy. I was gonna say, I imagined them like steamy and soggy, soggy. right? Yeah, a little bit soggy. Um, I always get a, I always get a biscuit with it though. Biscuits are great. You you've been a Popeyes guy longer than I think. Hey, Popeyes has like a has had like a GameStop kind of second wave, really on the heels of the sandwich. Yeah, but I mean, you you fucked with Popeyes and whenever like, I could were trying to get to Popeyes yeah. for years. Whenever I could, like yeah. there was, it's not readily available up here. Mm-hmm. But whenever I cross one, I would be like. Yes. I mean, famously, I think it's closed now, but there the was Fenway one across one? from Fenway Just Park. Just disgusting. And the uh, the root cause, potentially, of one of the great collapses <laughs> That's in true. Red Sox history, the Players just you know, they, kept uh, taking themselves out of games so they could eat Popeyes in the clubhouse. What was that? Uh, was that Friday? It was uh, chicken so good it'll make you slap your mama? <laughs> oh, maybe. I haven't seen Friday in forever. But uh, chicken so good that it'll make you, you blow like a 30-game AL East lead. Yeah, just absolutely not care about your profession that's making you millions of dollars <laughs> so you can eat fried chicken all day. Uh, okay. But I, what I was going to say is that AMC should absolutely do like a, a, like a bundle on Uber Eats, where like they'll give you a chicken tender, uh, popcorn bucket, and like a medium soda for like forty dollars, <laughs> people would do it. I would. I mean, depending on uh, if if the movie I'm watching, if the new movie I'm watching on Friday morning, which I've been able to do that, I think two weeks in a row now, is on Netflix or HBO Max, then yeah, I mean that's. The movie's comped. That's so true. What, what am I not going to pa- pay it forward to the uh, movie theater? Yeah, I uh, man, I I haven't done that. I did wake up and watch a movie today this morning with like coffee on Feeling the couch. Like P Diddy, I bet. Yeah, it was it was great. Uh, we'll talk about that here in mm. probably like literally a second. Mm. But I I I really miss the theater. I really miss like the dark theater. Just just completely immersing myself oh, yeah. in the theater experience with those chicken tenders maybe a coffee that i brought oh, uh yeah. my guy dan that i like to give hugs to whenever i walk oh. into the theater i miss that man <laughs> the um sweetest yes. person in the world what do we do to deserve our movie going setup we are we were, we were fucking spoiled love Mm -hmm. we've got a ticket taker that we love right we've got orders that we love yeah and we've got like a a subscription pass that treats us very well speaking of which they are finally doing it they're doing a movie pass documentary fuck yeah hell yes i uh so i paddington 3 was announced oh yeah this past week which is very exciting news for me and for the pod but I it got me to talking about Paddington Two and, and recommending it to people and it brought back movie pass memories because I told people I was like I saw Paddington Two in theaters uh six times and they were like What? And that I was like was... Well, to be fair, this is during the movie pass days when movies were free. And people were like, Oh yeah, movie pass. Didn't you also do the most legendary movie going experience ever where you finished Paddington? Walked out. Mamma Mia 2 was playing. I walked into Mamma Mia 2, caught the boat scene oh right, right as I walked into the theater. 
It was the boat scene like 30 seconds later. Watched the boat scene and then just went home. <laughs> that is so cool. There's only one thing that would have made that better. Just continuing to watch the rest of I, Mamma Mia. Yeah. And then being like, oh, there's uh, another showing of Paddington I can go to now. I don't remember if I, I, I don't remember if I stuck around. I remembered it as you sticking around, but either way. I may have, but I just remember being so excited that I caught the boat scene. That's just, I mean, that, that is really just showing off, getting able yeah. to do that. That's fantastic. Yeah, Mark Wahlberg's Unrealistic Ideas, the company behind HBO's Emmy-nominated McMillions, is uh, taking another deep dive into the absurdities of greed with the story behind the rise and fall of MoviePass. That is from Deadline. I'm, I mean... I'm in. That's got to be... That has to be at least Firefest documentary level. You would imagine one. so, yeah. Like, did you watch McMillions? I tried. It yeah, was just it too ridiculous. It was too ridiculous for me. It was too like over the top. Right. It felt like they were. It felt like it was almost parody. And they kind of tell you like, yeah, it was rigged. And then like the rest of it, you're just kind of getting into shades of gray where you already learned the the big thing. Right. Um. But I'm I'm look forward. To, hopefully, it's not, I already closed it. But hopefully, it's a movie all the, instead of a series. I will consume all of the movie pass content. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, you watched it. This is this is the I care a lot review. It is a movie on Netflix. I don't know if that if its plan was to be on Netflix. I've been kind of defensive when I've been talking to people about it, where they've been like, "Oh, this is like." One of my favorite Netflix movies, and I'm like, hey, I did, this was going to be in theaters, okay? Uh, it was released initially in September 2020 in Canada, so I would imagine that it probably wasn't a Netflix release. Right, so I, so the pandemic screwed it up, but uh, friend of the show, Gary Tangway, was in this movie, and all I knew about it was, I mean, he, he gave me like a 10-second elevator pitch of this movie, years ago and i could not have been more in i was like this movie sounds incredible i like hope that they fucking keep your scene and everything because like you're describing so much incredible stuff like uh but i think that the quick elevator pitch he gave me was um that rosamund pike plays a grifter who takes advantage who who like cheats the system to have wealthy healthy old people in her care as her legal guardian and then she just bleeds them dry financially and cuts them off to the outside world Mm -hmm. that holy smokes yeah i would say she's a dark as dark gets yeah she's a degenerate caretaker who siphons people's like wealth and she's got this system that works like clockwork. And as you, yeah. I mean, I had high hopes for this movie. I didn't know, though. I, I didn't know, like, is it going to be more thriller? Is it going to have some dark comedy elements to it? And, I mean, it, it was exactly that. I would say thriller slash dark comedy. It had, yeah, it was, I would say the dark comedy aspect of it was kind of jarring. Because it, I don't think that it embraced that or had enough of it that it felt like it fell into that category. 
Yeah, it, it had weird tonal shifts. Yes, it it would dip in and out of it. Where in the first, and I'll I'll say, I loved this movie. This was one of my favorite movies of. I mean, honestly, it was probably my favorite movie of the pandemic. Wow. Yeah. All right. Uh, so I, I'll say it. I, I didn't especially care for it. Okay. I thought that it was fine to pretty good, but I it fell short of the hype for me. Okay, so people on Rotten Tomatoes, like the audience score, people hated it. Really? Yes. And what I've seen from people who say they don't like it is that it's just so upsetting. They're, they're like she she's so bad, and that's what I thought was great about this movie. That so well. Th- th- this will be spoilers, I guess, but uh, she targets wealthy old people. It's set in Boston, only in Boston, and uh, Alicia Witt plays a doctor who tips her off to, hey, we've got a cherry, which is in their terrible word code for uh, somebody with no family, no mm-hmm. no one who's going to come looking for this person. So it's this very rich cherry. They... Take her, throw her in a home, uh, lie, say that she's got dementia, and put her in a home, put her on a bunch of drugs, take her phone away, and she's that. that's it for the rest of her life. Which, there's a montage of all that happening, and I leg- almost had like a panic attack watching it because it was – it's. It's so, so horrible. Upsetting. Yeah, it's very it's horrible. It's so horrible. And it, again, it's a montage of just like, this is how it's done. And she's, I mean, the, the fashion in this is so good. It, so it's just, she's looking great. And I like, saw who, I saw somebody say it, but like this movie has a big simple favor energy to it. I agree with that. Yeah. I mean, just from the fact of like, it's dark and you can't take your eyes off the clothing. Mm-hmm. But she's, so she's living this charmed, incredible life while just doing these unbelievably heartless things like there's a montage where they're putting the woman in the home and she's trying to like ask questions trying to do whatever and as they're doing that she's selling the house she's going into a security deposit box finding gold diamonds all of these things and just like just like that just selling it it. just Yeah. yeah it's it's hers now this person has now lost everything uh but turns out this person has person has ties to organized crime mm-hmm. and very important people are keeping very close tabs on this person and she is 1000% off limits to this grift of hers so it's a showdown violent scary intimidating showdown between Rosamund Pike and this gangster who's played by uh, Peter Dinklage and I think I didn't know that Peter Dinklage was in this movie, and I I knew that he was, but I had forgotten oh. before uh, before I started watching. I'm and glad I, I didn't tell you that. And I was like, I was like, at, at the beginning, I was kind of like, all right, where is this going to head? Is this a showdown between the old woman and Rosamund Pike? And then Peter Dinklage gets introduced, and I'm like, ah, right, I forgot. Yes, that I thought was. I mean, I really liked the cast in this movie. Um, Speaking of which, uh, um, I, I looked up I Care A Lot cast on Google. Where do you think Gary Tangway is listed in the order? I looked. Seventh, right? Seventh. That's... Uh, eighth. Eighth. Ah. Still incredible. I mean, he, not to spoil it, 
He has a huge pretty big role. Scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 He has not a, a big role, but a big scene. Yes, I mean, very, very important scene. Yeah. At any rate, uh, this the, the the showdown between Pike and Dinklage, I think, is awesome, and I thought that it was great casting because I think that those two are at the top of, if not very close to the top of the list of like, if you need someone who you don't want to fuck with, I mean. Rosamund Pike might be number one after this. And Gone Girl. After this and Gone Girl, I think she is solidified. She's as terrifying. The most intimidating actor in Hollywood. She right? is uh, quite quite scary. And I haven't seen enough of her other stuff to know. Like, do I just only happen to see her in these really fucking like don't fuck with me roles, or is that all she does? I bet that she's more. Um, more well-rounded than that but even so like if that's all that actor can do that's a fucking awesome actor i think i mean she should get nominated for best actor i think she was great in this movie and i think uh, peter dinklage was was really solid as well more of my issues like are around the, the the writing and sort of like where it goes so i i mean it's a bit far-fetched and like there are I, i mean i hope it's far-fetched well, like it is in, in like a lot of in some of the things that they they get away with and just uh, some of what it culminates in and how we're led to believe that Peter Dinklage is like this ruthless sort of gangster who is like very calculated and just somehow we've seen it a million times in, in some sloppy movies where it's like, well, how could you allow that to happen? What, what, so like what do they let happen? Uh, I would say, I mean, I don't want to, how deep into spoilers we're going to get, I guess. Uh, you can do a quick little spoil. I mean, the fact that they allowed both of them to live at the end. The, uh, the They both let each other live? No, 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 no. The uh, Roseman Pike's character and her girlfriend or her partner. Oh, yeah. You're saying that they would have killed both of them? Yes. I mean, mainly like their failed attempt at yes. killing her? Yeah. I mean, th- that I didn't totally get, how she was alive when Crazy. she was in the car. Uh, led to uh, that, the, uh, the weird milk storyline thing. The most, that a pers- that. Um, the most is a, per- a person has ever cared about one tooth in, like, the middle of a personal life crisis where they were almost murdered. Yeah, she's almost murdered. She loses a tooth, and she goes and gets a gallon of milk, puts her tooth in the milk, and then allegedly to... preserves the tooth, but Ellen said that doesn't work. Ellen said that that as soon as she picked up the gallon, the, the milk, yeah. she's like, "Oh, she's going to do that for the tooth," and it's that doesn't work. Really? Yeah. How does Ellen know? That I much don't about know. It? I don't know. Interesting. Um, I mean, I, I, I'm sure that there are definitely things of like, "Hey, that wouldn't happen in real life," and hopefully, none of this would happen in real life because she's uh, she's just so horrible but uh i loved i don't know i i i think i've just found like this is my kind of movie like give me thrilling qualities give me some dark comedy the music of abba if you have it (laughs) and that's just my kind of like i love this movie in the way that i love cold pursuit but this is like what this if was Cold a better, Pursuit was like a real good movie? Yeah, right. Yeah, know? this was a way better movie than Cold Pursuit. 
And like again, I didn't like I didn't hate it, and I didn't think that it was completely stupid. I I think that I, it fell victim probably to the hype because you were bugging know, the hell out of me to yeah. watch it. Uh, I saw that Feidelberg loved it. He, I trust his takes a lot of yeah. the time. It was the number one movie on Netflix. Yeah. So um, yeah, I mean, like I thought that it was good. It wasn't like amazing for me. I think. Uh Credit is due. I thought there was a very great performance from someone I don't think I would ever talk about as saying, hey, this person was great in this movie. You know who I'm talking about? Mm. Chris Messina. Uh, Chris Messina is, is he the, the lawyer. lawyer? Yeah. He, he was really good. He has a scene where he goes, the, the scene in the, her office. That was an awesome scene. I was I was watching. I was like, I, the so, coffee was just kind of kicking in. I was like, what? What am I seeing here? So, this is incredible Christmas. What scene. I would say about this movie is that it is a great showdown movie. Like yeah, it is a great a it is a great showdown movie because Rosamund Pike, as you mentioned, fantastic showdown actress. Yeah. Uh, uh, you got Peter Dinklage, really good showdown yeah. actor. But Chris Messina is also really good in a showdown role in I, this movie. And like unfortunately, he only really had yeah. one of those. Yeah. Opportunities. Yeah. But he was really good in that one scene. I think that I I think that Peter Dinklage, depending on the category, I just have no idea this year. And it's a category that even if he's nominated, he's lost because Daniel Kaluuya is going to win. Mm-hmm. But I think that Peter Dinklage could easily be nominated for Best Supporting Actor. Uh, Diane Wiest, who I think was like the... OG Octavia Spencer where I put her in a supporting role that movie's gonna friggin sing uh she I don't know if she was in it enough she plays the uh the mark and she also had some showdown scenes she has a showdown scene while on drugs Mm -hmm. and watching somebody play a character on drugs is always rough because I don't know, like, there's the... It's sort of like bubblegum versus bubblegum flavor. Like, there's how people in TV play a... Or on in uh, media or whatever, play a person on drugs versus what a person on drugs might actually look like. I feel like there's always, like, the same kind of... Like, ah, oh, they're, they're drowsy and they're saying goofy things or whatever. Uh, and... Rarely, I think, is there a someone gives a really good performance while playing somebody on drugs. She has a showdown. You're right. There's just so many showdowns in this movie. She has a showdown in the home with Marla, Rosamund Pike's character, that I was like, oh, my God. I didn't even know who this person was. I had to look her up after, and I was like, oh, she's won multiple Academy Awards. I said that she looked uh, like the female uh, Anthony Hopkins. I mean, not bad. Yeah, I actually see. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're they have like a very round face. Yeah, um, yeah. I, 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 I thought for a second that it was like Judy Dench. Ah, uh. um, but yeah, she was good. I also thought that um, that uh, the guy, for some reason, he's got like a very. I, I, I love when I see him on screen, and it's the guy who runs the uh, the nursing home. Um, oh yeah, the guy that plays uh, Sam Damian Young. He's been in a lot of different things, and whenever I see him, I'm like, I just like this guy's uh, this guy's feel. 
Yeah, he's kind of bootleg. Uh, he's almost like bootleg Richard Jenkins-ish. Younger, sort of, yeah. But, I mean, that's his name. Young. Uh, we didn't even talk about Isaiah Whitlock. No. It was, a very, uh, it was a very tough experience for me watching this movie with Isaiah Whitlock. Because he's such a pushover? Or yes, because he's so dumb in this movie. I wondered, like, we don't know for sure. Is he in on it? He could be. Might be. I don't think so, though. We ne- what we have learned, though, is that judges... That's right, judges. Judges can be bought. Right, especially <laughs> in uh, Isaiah Whitlock vehicles. Right. Uh, th- I mean, this... The, I thought the movie was really smart, though, with what it did with perception, though. And, like, how, how, like just judging a book by its cover, you got a court scene where there's a guy screaming, like... This B word is taking. She, she's my, my mom is in there. I haven't been able to talk to my mom in forever. She took my mom, and now I can't talk to her on the phone. I can't go see her. I can't do whatever. And here's this, and like the the guy's disheveled. He's, I mean, he's obviously later certainly comes off as like just very chauvinistic. Um, By the way, I like that guy a lot. That actor? Yes, he's in uh, a lot of the. Um, he was in Green Room and Blue Ruin. Ah. So he uh he have you ever seen Green Room? Seems like a very colorful yes. uh, by the same director. Works with. By the same director. Green Room, Blue Room, Blue Ruin. Blue Blue Ruin. Uh mm-hmm. the the Blue Ruins. It's a horror yes. movie. Supernatural horror film. Uh but anyway, so like this guy's explaining exactly what she's doing and then you've got this caretaker who legal guardian doing all this like very polished person, like beautiful, well put together, and you're like, well, obviously, I'm believing this person. Yeah. And then when Chris Messina's in there, and he comes off as kind of like the snaky type lawyer, and she's just in there representing herself, being like, well, we're, I, I, I can't, I can't release this woman to this man. I need, to, like, she's in my care i need to make sure that i'm doing what's good for her like i'm believing this woman 10 times out of 10 too i can't even prove that he's her lawyer and she is running an absolute racket she's the most evil person there but i mean people will just judge the book by its cover it does make you wonder though like how many times has as a whitlock's character seen these same things presented in court that was my i don't know if this is believable because i would hope that i but again he could be in on it but I would hope that at some point he's like, like if there's man, a, like, enough smoke, what maybe there's fire. Yeah. Is brought to court, and he says he says at the very beginning too, like she is very trusted and like very yeah. well respected in the guardian space. It's like, is she like, yeah? How there's got to be a ton of complaints. I also like how I mean the the movie does toy with like on the subject of perception, the like, uh. Kind of using, um, kind of using gender. I mean, she uses everything for evil, but yeah. she definitely like whenever anybody's like, "Hey, what you're doing is terrible. You're kidnapping this person. Like, fuck you. You what? What are you doing?" She's like, "Look at because this man, I'm a woman, trying to yeah. take me down." And when you first see it, you're like, "Yeah, why is that? Yeah, fuck that guy." And I mean, he the the, the guy. I feel like the movie complicates it by he he's. Also, like he's calling her a b-word and everything, yeah. so there's a. It's very easy to see that and be like, "Well, this guy just hates her because he's a woman," and then you're like, 
slap yourself and you're like, oh, no. She's just a bad person. Yeah, right. Yeah. He hates her because, because of the, the, the and, kidnapping. And, and the, that happens at like a few points in the movie. And it felt weird because she, like at one of the points she was saying it to her partner who is like also a woman. And it's like she's in on this. Right, like, so why, how are saying. you trying to conv- – like what – why Same, are you like, using this? Like I understand. She believe this, right? Like I would, I would understand if you were using that as like a way to manipulate somebody. That, yeah, but like you don't need to manipulate this person. She's in on the gig, right? So that that also confused me because I mean, obviously, like she's when she says men are probably intimidated by seeing a strong woman who's running the company doing all these mm-hmm. things. Like that is factually correct, and she uses that to her advantage, but. You're right. Like when they they come threatening her and they're saying like, "Hey, this person's connected. You got to let her go." She says to her partner, "Like, ah, please. Men always come in here right. and trying to try to threaten me." Like, th- isn't the partner like, "Yo, but like I know about like what well, like well, I know why they're mad." <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like, and it's like she also like, "You know how many men have come in here threatening me? Like thousands. And how many how many times it's actually come to something twice?" And it's like. Okay, well, it's, it's come to something twice, and you just had somebody who just like, we will, we will literally yeah, I mean, kill you. <laughs> like, great. I mean, just great work from Chris Messina. He says the people who will, she has friends who are very powerful and can make things uncomfortable for you, or not comfortable. Says how uncomfortable are we talking? Well, very uncomfortable until it gets so uncomfortable that you're not comfortable or uncomfortable ever again. <laughs> just incredible lawyer speak. Yeah. <laughs> to be like, I'm not like, going to incriminate so myself. Because I'll be dead. And he's like, I didn't say what that. are you talking about? That's yeah. That, that, that was a good, that was a very, very good scene. That might've been like the scene of the movie. I mean, I will, I will accept that. Um, but, uh, Big, big fan of this movie. Uh, it was... Let me see what else do I have. For, I mean, Pike's Clothes, that's like my first note. A++++++. The monochromatic suits with a white t-shirt underneath. Just like very fun, stylish, attractive, the whole nine. Uh, Chris Messina's suit when he, when he goes to court... So I wrote that down as like a, uh, 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 quite the choice. There was a there were a few. If you, if you are not trying to look like a uh, a mob boss's lawyer, you're yeah. doing a very bad job. Right. Okay. So, tone it down, Saul Goodman. Right. So I wrote that down. I also yeah I wrote the pinstripe three piece suit on Christmas Cena <laughs> was a bit much. Um, uh, what was I going to say? Uh, shoot. The uh, hair. The great hair, hair movie for Roseman Pike. Impeccable. I mean. Dinklage's hair and his beard. I thought like Dinklage's whole look worked. Uh, shoot, I had one big note that I wanted to bring up, and uh, I absolutely forget what it was. Let's see, we were talking about Roseman Pike, wardrobe, clothes, really good. I don't know. Guess we'll uh, we'll never know. The uh, what'd you think of the eclairs? The eclairs, I was upset that they were thrown on the ground. That's true. Waste of food. Uh, I remember what my thing was. There were points in the movie, and the pinstripe suit was one of them, where I thought, "Uh uh-oh, does this movie know what it's doing? And by the end of it, by, by, by the end of the movie, when you got a few of them, I would even say halfway through the movie, I think you just realize, like, no, that there's just a lot more, uh, 
dark, I keep saying dark comedy, but like there's just a lot more um, dark comedy and cold pursuit to this than I initially thought. In the very beginning, right after she gets out of court with the guy whose mother he she's taken from him, he comes out and he calls her B-word, spits in her face, says, like, I hope you... And just the, the worst things you could say to somebody. And she says to him, is this because I'm a woman that, like, you're... That, like, this, this hurts so much because... A, a woman beat you in something it says let me let's get one thing straight you ever talk to me that way again or spit on me whatever she says uh she says i will i will grab your dick and balls yeah, so would, hard and i will rip them clean off right so that's like four minutes into the movie and yeah. i was like oh like <laughs> is this like what is this what the dialogue is but then there was between the alexi character i mean the alexi character did a very good job of hammering home. This is going to be silly and ridiculous yes. at points. I, he the the nursing the nursing home scene was yeah. preposterous. <laughs> I, I think that that was a real turning point for me, where I was like, "Oh, so like I'm not going to love this movie." Oh, see, for me, I was like, "This is wacky fun." <laughs> yeah, but it's like it it's like. I, I think the biggest problem for me was the tonal shifts. Yeah. Because it takes itself quite seriously at a whole lot of points. And then at other points, it's like, just kidding. Right. We're having a good time. It could have been a nail biter if it just, with changing a few lines, get rid of the dick and balls part, uh, get rid of... I mean, just have the breakout attempt. I would have liked to see be, it commit a little. A little I would have liked to see it commit one way or another. Yeah, I, th- I think though that really that a lot of the silly stuff is with the. It's somewhat say inconsequential. The, I was going to say the organized crime, but then I realized it's also th- this movie does draw a very strong men and women line, so. For the most part, all of the um, all of the white collar crime, the, all the white collar criminals are women, mm-hmm. and all of like the organized crime are men. And I feel like the scenes they do with make the, this guys seem sort of like bumbling idiots, right? And the, and the, the scenes with the men have more of that kind of humor where. Uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of physical humor with the men where mm-hmm. Dinklage throwing is shit. throwing uh, <laughs> throwing smoothies. Alexi is Claire's. dressing up. Oh, Alexi! What? Yeah, a, a lot of the movie does ride on Alexi. So I saw it as he's what keeps the movie silly, but I agree with your view of it of that he's what makes what could have been a non-silly movie kind of ridiculous right and like and we're like if it were i guess like if it weren't so tied to the main storyline where like this guy is a mob boss yeah who is extremely scary it's sort of hard to buy that when like everything around him is so silly all the time yes everybody around him does everything wrong yes at all times um I loved it, though. I mean, if we haven't spoiled it too badly, I, I hope everyone has checked it out. You're right. I have been, I've been pushing this, this you movie have. on people. And I'm glad people saw it. I, no one's really told me. 
I, I think Feidelberg actually is more with you on it. Of really? He didn't dislike it, but he didn't love it. He also, I think, was uh, the, the the nursing home scene. I think made a, an impression okay. on him, but negatively or positively, I think negatively. Okay, but I mean, I don't I, understand how anybody could see the nursing home thing and be like, loved that, dude. Like, it you're, was you're, so stupid. You're talking to a cold pursuit stand. That's I, again, like I just think that I think that that's, I love cold pursuit. Kind of I love cold pursuit though because it committed to the silliness. Every minute of it, yeah. Like they do, like three serious minutes. They give him an award. They, which even that's not serious. Don't they give him an award? They, like yeah, citizen of the year. Yes, yeah. And they immediately fly through that in like thirty seconds, and they're like, "Okay, time to have some fun." Yeah. Here we go. What a movie! I'm about to go watch that. I've seen that movie a bunch of times. Um, okay, uh, we did mention it was set in Boston, only in Boston, right? That's, that's right. They. Uh, they didn't really do much Boston with it, though. They made up no. places. Yeah, they made up. Well, they had like oh, like uh, Medfield. They had a yeah, Medfield yeah, yeah. town Medfield sign. Medfield was the only place that they really referenced. That they said, okay, this is. Uh, I thought they had the Zakem Bridge. In they one had, of the, they showed uh, the Zakem Bridge, but like they made up the county. Which where do you think that was? Where the woman lived? It seemed like Brookline, maybe Chestnut Hill or something. Yeah, they said it was a rich area. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, could be more Western Mass too. Ooh, maybe. I don't know. That'd be a hike to get to those. I don't know. Yeah, maybe the uh, court is in Western Mass. Uh, I I just I always enjoy Alicia Witt. I was glad I was. I, I didn't was know who she was, her. but uh, very very attractive. Oh yeah, yeah, beautiful, gorgeous. Yeah, she. Um, I mean, she was the neighbor in Friday Night Lights. Oh, the Tim Riggins neighbor. Yes. Tim okay. Riggins' neighbor. She was in. Um, she, I believe, she was in The Walking Dead. Yep, she was in The Walking Dead. Oh, she's from Worcester. Oh, hello. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, she's. I, I know her from Nashville. She's in a bunch of stuff. Let me see. She's. Yeah, she's like one of my favorite. Not everybody knows her by name, but I'm always happy to see her in stuff actors i feel like alicia witt could be a uh brunch guest i would love to have her she'd be great yeah let's uh yeah we'll, we'll get that on the books uh let's quickly do a draft or an improv or just a disorganized thing of uh actors you don't want to fuck with or even we could say showdown actors because this movie had two of the best i think in pike and dinklage who else would you put on that list uh sarah paulson Sarah, Sarah Paulson, Paulson is terrifying. I know who she... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. She was in... Um, is she in the Oceans movies? I don't think so. I know her from like... Uh... Oceans 8, yeah. Oh, she, okay. That's the only one I've seen. Okay, uh, yeah. She's in like American Horror Story. She's in... Uh, um, she's in like Deadwood. She is qu- quite a scary person. She's in... Is she in... She's in Bird Box? Sure. Yeah, I, she actually she might be. Um, she might be. What's her name? Sister, Sandra Bullock's sister. Yeah, is Jessica Hayes. Sandra Bullock plays Mallory Hayes. Okay. Trevante Rhodes plays Tom. Jackie Weaver plays Cheryl. John Malkovich plays Douglas. Rosa Salazar plays Lucy. Back in back in his day, John Malkovich was a great showdown actor. Oh yeah, John Malkovich is a great one. Yeah. 
Did you see the post Cedric Maxwell posted maybe a week ago or something? He was like, I miss just being at games with a bunch of people there and like fans in the stands at the garden. Like there's nothing like a Celtics game. Here's a picture of me and John, and John Malkovich. This dude's one of my favorite actors. And it's just like them at a basketball game. And Hell I was yeah. Like, Fuck. I was like, at first I was like, I miss that too. And I was like, I don't, I don't see John Malkovich. <laughs> I, I love going to NBA games with the A-listers. John Malkovich. Yeah. John, man. John Malkovich. We also John Malkovich is also someone that we wanted to find a way to weave in. Uh, just just thought of another one. Yeah, uh, Christoph Waltz, unbelievable yes. showdown. Actor. Christoph Waltz, great one, great one. Uh, I said, I mean, there are some kind of obvious ones like Leo De Niro. <laughs> yeah, like Robert De Niro is a good one. Joe Joe Pesci might be one, but Joe Pesci is more like a wild card rather yes. than a showdown. Right? Yes, he is the wild card to De Niro's showdown. Perfect. Uh, how about Michael Shannon? Michael Shannon, um, yes. Just yeah. based really solely on uh, Fish Love. Could throw Cranston in there as well. Yeah, Cranston's pretty good. Uh, Stuhlbarg. Stuhlbarg on there for sure. Uh, while we're doing HBO. Michael actors. K. Williams. Michael K. Williams. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I had him on the list. Uh, how about, you know who Frank Vincent is? Frank Vincent. That sounds very familiar. Uh, it's, well, it's two first names. You know both of those. <laughs> sure do. Uh, yeah, so, so I know him, yeah. he uh, Phil Leotardo yeah. in Sopranos. Mm-hmm. That guy was just born for showdowns. That is true. But he he's... I don't know. Like, he, he is, but he always, like... <laughs> I feel like he always dominates the showdown. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. Because you're just like... It's not. It's not like fun. It's not a fun showdown. You're just like, oh, this guy's just gonna own this showdown. That's true. So like, if Frank Vincent, the late Frank Vincent, and I, also from Massachusetts, wow, sat down and I was like, okay, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna come up with a plan, and we're each gonna we're each gonna sacrifice, and we're gonna we're gonna compromise. And he'd, he'd cut like, me That's off. cute. He'd be like. You tell that son of a bitch and be like, tell who? And like he would go off. Like if it was like if Frank Vincent was like the headliner on a pay-per-view, I wouldn't watch it because I'd be like, I'm good, I'm not gonna waste sixty dollars to watch Frank Vincent destroy somebody in 30 seconds. Right. Okay, so Frank Vincent from some light Googling, it says born April 15th, 1937, North Adams, died September 13th, 2017, rest in peace, spouse, Kathleen. Books, a guy's guide to being a man's man. Wow, wow! Should we read that book? Kind of want to, but I'm afraid that. What if, if it, like, what if it's impressionable? Right, yeah. What if subconsciously we're like, huh? Someone told me the other day to do that, <laughs> and it was just no. You're reading the book of terrible advice. Look at the cover. That's it's Frank Vincent smoking a stogie and telling you. That From one wild. guy to another, how to be a man's man. Let's see what the... So uh, these days, it says, it's harder than ever to know how to act like a real man. Oh, God. I'm going to interrupt and say, nothing could go more strongly against everything I've ever been. 
We're not talking about the touchy-feely, ultra-sensitive, emotion-sharing, not-afraid-to-cry version of manhood that Oprah and Dr. Phil have been spouting for years. Oh, no. This was published in 2006. We're talking about... We're talking about the... We're talking about the though smart... He meant tough. Okay. We're talking about the though smart... Confident, charming, classy, all-around good fella that upholds the true ideal of what is known as a man's man. I I feel like there's... There's got to be like a chapter in this book about like how to keep your woman in the kitchen or something. Oh, my God. (laughs) This seems like the most problematic book of all time. Yeah. uh Uh-oh. Forward by James Gandolfini. (laughs) He signed off. Yo. I, mean, do I thought we, you were going to say, like, forward by James Woods, and I was going to be like, oh, canceled. Makes as much sense. I mean, would, even to, I mean, if if we read this to mock it, are we That's speaking That's mean-spirited. Yeah. He's, not, he's not alive to defend himself. And, right, he's not alive to defend himself. And it's like a product 2006. I was going to say, this came out in 2006. I feel like, right now, if you were to read all this back to him, he'd be like, I don't like a lot about that, and uh, I... I wouldn't hit publish on that right now and be like, cool. We'll just so, pretend that doesn't exist. Yeah, I'd just be like, okay, we, we're just going to do one quick podcast <laughs> about it. I mean, that's, I mean, that's, I'm I'm sure that can't. I, There's a billion I, I of those totally things that exist. Hear this. Like the, look, you want to get all touchy-feely like Oprah and Dr. Phil. You could have told me someone said that like three years ago and right. I'd be like, ugh, you know, but I'd, I'd believe it. People, anyway. Uh, so, uh, we're done podcasting today.